Hello, everybody, and welcome to a quick bonus episode of the Red Bearded Risk Guy. This was an impromptu conversation that I sat down and recorded with Candice Bennett, the benefits manager here at Laporte Insurance here in Portland, Oregon. And the reason we did this is we just wanted to give notice to some of uh, the Oregon businesses that might not know what their options were or found themselves uh, paying the tax as of January 1st, the 1% tax to cover uh, paid leave Oregon, which went into effect or will go into effect in September. And so for those of you that are with the state now, you're paying that tax into a pool for a coverage that doesn't even go into effect in September. And there's a chance you could be paying for a private option that is less than the 1% for the same coverage and you'd be dealing with a private carrier. And a lot of people think they missed the deadline for that because there was initially a deadline to get all that submitted to the state, but that's been extended to May 31st. So that's right around the corner. There is some time to get you quoted for an equivalent plan and get all that stuff submitted to the state. And so we sat down and we recap what paid leave Oregon is real quick here. We talk about some of the deadlines coming up. We give some examples of huge savings that we found for our clients here at Laporte, and we'll give you a quick rundown on the process for exploring options. Um, If you don't have time to sit down and listen to this, if you're not driving in your car, or if you need the visuals and don't have time to sit down and watch the YouTube that I'll be posting, that's okay. Just reach out to me and we can have a quick 10 to 15 minute conversation, or I can even just shoot you an email for what I need to get started to see if it makes sense to go with an equivalent plan. Um, It doesn't always make sense, but when it does, it's been significant savings. So for those of you that can listen and go more in depth on this now, stay tuned. I'll go ahead and get into the conversation with Candice. For those of you that can't, please reach out to me. Uh, Don't leave this money on the table and find yourself dealing with the state for something that you could be dealing with a private provider for. Let's go ahead and get into the conversation. Good afternoon, everybody. Joshua Keen here, here with another quick bonus episode of the Red Bearded Risk Guy. This was kind of impromptu. Um, I decided to sit down with Candace Bennett, one of the benefits manager here at Laporte Insurance here in Portland, Oregon. And we just wanted to share a quick update on some of the paid leave Oregon stuff that's been going on. Um, many of you already know a little bit about it. Um, the tax for it began as of 1-1 this year, and uh, technically the benefit is supposed to go into effect this come September. And I am going to go ahead and share my screen here real quick and hand it over to Candice so she can give a quick overview of the benefit and kind of what to expect. Um, and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about why you should care about this and uh, how it's impacting businesses and how you can save a lot of money um, by looking at private options. And then we'll talk about the process of submitting all that stuff to the state because it has been a little confusing. And so I will go ahead and again, share my screen here and hand it over to Candice. And uh, hi, Candice, go ahead and take it away. Excellent. Thank you, Joshua. And yeah, as you mentioned, um, just to give a brief recap of what Paid Leave Oregon is, um, it is a new program that's going to serve most employees in Oregon. Um, It will be providing paid leave for birth or adoption of a child, a serious illness of yours or a loved one, um, or even if you experience sexual assault, domestic violence, harassment, or stalking. So this program is very broad um, in what it will cover, as well as who will be covered for you taking that leave. Um, 
part of the program too is going to be funded not only with employer monies, but also employee payments into the program. So the state has set that rate for funding at 1%, uh, but we're going to get into some good news in a little bit of how you can potentially save on that. Um, So any employers of over 25 employees are required to participate in this program. So there's no getting out um, and employees of all companies, regardless of size, are going to have to contribute. We've seen a lot of questions coming through of, you know, employees saying, well, I don't plan to use this. You know, do I actually have to contribute? Absolutely. Yes. Every employee is going to have this as a deduction from their payroll. Um, One of the biggest pieces that we're working, you know, with clients on right now is understanding that there is still time um, to opt out of the program. So when we talk about dates for, well, the claims are going to start in, you know, September, Um, I'm already on the state plan, so there's nothing I can do. Um, Actually, you can still submit an application by May 31st, to opt out of the program as of July 1st. So all companies have an option every quarter to be coming in or out of this program. So if you haven't explored this option, there is still opportunity and time to do so, but the clock is ticking. Um, So we'll get into that process in just a little bit. I'm going to turn it back over to Joshua um, to talk about why you as a business should, should care about this and wanting to look at an equivalent plan option. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And so um, I'll start off with, for one, this has just been a confusing change for everybody just because I, th- I think it was it was originally delayed. And so it was a change from 2019, I think is when it was uh, passed and then COVID hit and it's been delayed multiple times since then, as far as when it was supposed to go into effect. And so um, we were finding, um, so the main thing we we should highlight here is that there this is a state plan, but there are private options or what the state is calling equivalent plans. And so um, what we're finding with these plans is that it, depending on what type of company you are, your size and employee demographic and things like that, it can be very competitive and save tens of thousands of dollars against the state rate over the next couple of years. Um, and what we're we're finding early on is we would reach out to our clients to see if they wanted to look at this option and they were getting emails from their payroll people or other sources of info saying just go with the state it's the easiest option you're not going to save very much and that just was not the case with a lot of the companies that we checked and so i do have a couple of examples here um, from a couple of other producers here I've done one of these cases, but a few other people here and you, Candace, have been much busier on these. I'll go ahead and pull up one just to kind of highlight the savings. Yeah, and I'm happy to speak to the I've done about 30. Yeah, so I'll share the visual here and maybe you can kind of sh- yeah. help us understand what we're looking at. So this is an example of a large group where we blocked out the name and details, but it highlights the difference between the quote and the state cost. So I'll go ahead and let you kind of present that to me the way that you would present it to a client. 
Okay, yeah. So Joshua has pulled up a great example here, um, the type of comparisons that we're sharing with clients now to show them, you know, what their options are with the various carriers that are available in the market. Because um, as of now, the majority of the carriers, like, you know, Principal, the Standard, Una, Mutual of Omaha, have been approved by the state. Um, so not only is there an option to go this equivalent private plan route, but there are options through a lot of the carriers that you already work with, right? Trusted partners that you already maybe do dental life insurance or disability with today. Um, so that is a key point too in trying to consolidate the various vendors that you're working with. We can all appreciate that um, administrative piece of it. But if we look at this first carrier um, in the orange, you're gonna see the annual volume in terms of the payroll. Okay. And the rate is given at a 0.6.5. So we talk about state of Oregon is at 1%. So right off the bat, right, this, this rate is 35% below what the state would require. So we automatically are um, seeing that savings. If we look over to the right, we're going to see standard plan, right? So it's showing that this is the carrier plan option, what the employer would pay in the blue on the annual, as well as what, what the employee would pay. Um, because the portion that the employer is going to pay is always going to be 40% of the rate, while the employee is still going to always be paying that lion's share of that 60% mm -hmm. of whatever that rate ends up being. So that's how you're going to see that 0.26 and that 0.39 breakout. So we see our annual cost for that. And then moving down, what this total cost for two years is taking into account um, is the fact that when you go with an equivalent plan carrier, you don't have to start paying that premium until the state of Oregon says that those claims have to start. So for the calendar year of 2023, you're not going to start paying those premiums until September. Whereas if we look over to the right with the state plan, that funding, as we know, started in January, and that funding is going to continue forever. Um, and this is even a bigger reason why we talk to clients about, you know, the benefit of doing the equivalent plan is because we've already heard talks and chatter that the state is likely going to be delaying the start of claims until December. So again, for those who are on an equivalent plan, they won't even have to think about starting any type of premium payment into this program until later, whereas those participating in the state are going to have to continue paying in and the employees aren't going to get any benefit of the claim until the state says that they are at a point that they can actually pay the claim. Um, so rather than so I should say, in addition to, you know, the actual total savings that we're seeing over two years, right, 120000 um, being paid versus 278000 with the state, um, we could see this difference in savings grow um, as we move through time because it is likely that the state will delay the start of claims. Awesome. So it could be an, a whole another three months of delaying payment versus already paying the 1% that you're paying. And so um, what about the people that are kind of in that boat of, oh, we 
just went with the state because it was easier. We didn't know we could find a better rate or we didn't know we could apply for coverage before the plans were approved or whatever it was that caused them not to go private. Um, what are the options now? Because they're not stuck as far as we know. With the, Yes, uh, right. No, the great news is they are not stuck. Um, it is as simple of process as we think of with any other benefits. Um, we are going to gather um, some census, some demographic information. So it's as simple as understanding, you know, the gender of the employees of the group, the date of birth, the weekly salary, and their zip code. Um, a lot of employers will ask, well, hey, I, you know, I've covered employees in various states or I have remote workers and how does this work? And so the bottom line is we want to be looking at and quoting and um, any employee who you are paying Oregon unemployment tax for. That's the easiest way to identify who would qualify for this program. So by getting that simple census information from you, we're able to take that to a few different carriers in the market to get quotes. And it's worth having the discussion of where do you have your ancillary non-medical coverages now, right? So we might have a client that says, hey, I have you know, dental and life insurance with principal already. Well, great. It's probably going to make the most sense to get a quote there. Or maybe you currently work with the Standard or you work with Unum or Mutual of Omaha, MetLife. Mm -hmm. um, all these carriers have been approved. So we can work with something that works in your current package to get you an option with them. And you, you can see if they're savings. And I'll say from my own experience, um, I've worked with about 30 clients at this point who are going um, the route of the equivalent plan. And I've seen savings, you know, anywhere from groups getting, you know, we see a 0.65 on here. I'd, I'd say maybe the lowest I've seen is more about a 0.79, mm -hmm. um, you know, all the way around to like a 0.87. So again, we're still seeing significant savings. And if the bottom line is this is a program that you have to participate in because the state is requiring it, why not look at options to work with the trusted carriers that you already work with? You know, their administrative systems you know that they're in the business of processing claims and handling these types of things. Whereas, you know, we, we're not quite clear on how the state is going to handle all of that. It sounds like it will be an online process, but we don't know who's working behind the scenes to review those claims. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of opportunity to keep it streamlined. So I think it's worthwhile to get that census. We explore the options. Um, and then if it makes sense, it's about getting onto that Francis online system, submitting that application with the policy and getting that in before May 31st. That's our magic date right now to opt out of the program for July 1. Okay. And I'll, I'll be sure to include a visual with this recording um, with all those dates and kind of the steps or the process on how to submit that. Um, but, and I know we're looking at this from the employer standpoint, but um, just the example on my screen share here, it's a big savings for decent savings for your employees too. So it's, it's, uh, it's a new cost for them too. And so it's really just seeming like it's making a lot more sense in the cases where most cases we're seeing to go private. Um, and so what, what else did we want to cover here? All right. So I think that's the basics on what you need to know. The long story short is that if you have found yourself stuck with the state and don't know what to do, you do have options and we should definitely still explore that. Uh, remind me the date for submitting things on Francis Online. 
May 31st. Okay. So we are down to the wire. We will need to get things submitted quick if we're going to do this, but it's definitely worth checking out. And so we have a, a some a list of some great resources, um, some plan guidebooks, some process guides on just how to get everything submitted to the state. Again, there was a lot of confusion around that. So if you need any of these resources or tools um, for navigating this, just reach out to me and I'll send you a toolkit that kind of has everything you need to get through the process. And then if you have questions or more in-depth questions and just need help uh, with guidance on this or yeah, just your broker didn't even bring it up when you were talking about benefits this year or any of those situations, um, reach out and we can book a time to talk, a no pressure time to talk and just review your situation and see if it makes sense. And then we'll use the resources I send over to help you navigate that. And I think that's all we have for you today. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, Candice? No, just I'd say don't hesitate to look at a quote, you know, if you have it, reach out. We'd love to give you resources and at least provide you a quote to look at so that you know your options. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time to educate some people and um, I'll get this posted right away so we can send out these resources. And I'm sure I'll be tapping your shoulder if people reach out with questions. So uh, we'll be looking forward to that. And uh, thanks everybody for listening and have a great rest of your day. 